about two months in, we there was some uh, some influencer who we actually initially messaged about investing, and he was like, "Look, all my revenues just disappeared from COVID, so I'm not investing anymore, but I'll come and stay." And he had like three hundred thousand uh, followers, so he just came and created some some free content, posted that out, and then then everything just clicked. And you know, a week later, we had uh, an article in the biggest like, newspaper in London. And it just snowballed from there. Welcome to Behind the Stays, a podcast that shares the stories behind your favorite Airbnbs and the hosts who've made them memorable. Behind the Stays is brought to you by Sponstaneous, a free weekly newsletter that brings you a carefully curated list of last minute deals and upcoming steals on Airbnb. Sign up at Sponstaneous.com. I'm your host, Zach Buzicruz. Enjoy the show. Hey, everybody, Zach here. Quick question before we dive into today's chat. So are you ever scrolling on Instagram and you see these like ridiculously beautiful Airbnbs that look like they're fresh out of a dwell or restoration of hardware magazine? And have you ever wondered to yourself, like, how the heck are these hosts able to afford to furnish their spaces so elegantly? Well, I wondered this too, until I found out that there's actually a secret that many of the best Airbnb hosts know that enable them to buy things like West Elm media consoles, crate and barrel couches, and parachute sheets at prices that you just really can't get anywhere else. And that secret? Well, it's Minoan, a completely free platform to purchase everything that you need for your short-term rental. If you have more than one short-term rental, chances are that you use some sort of system for your property management, right? Whether it's like a guestie or an uplisting. Well, Minoan is the system that hosts use for furnishing and refreshing their homes. Minoan provides hosts with a one-stop shop to get hundreds of discounts on the world's leading brands and a system where you can manage all of the ordering, all of the tracking, all of the returns, et cetera, in one place, which obviously just saves you a lot of time and money. Oh, and the best part, again, is that Minoan is totally free. Like, no membership fees, no annual dues, nada. Like, it's almost too good to be true, except for the fact that, well, it is true. <laughs> and if you thought Minoan couldn't get any better, well, that's actually where you would be wrong. So I want you to stay tuned for more info in just about 15 minutes from now that'll make you want to sign up for Minoan the minute this episode is over. All right, so stay tuned in just a few minutes and hear a little bit more about why you want to sign up for your free, totally free Minoan account the minute this podcast is over. In just a moment, you'll meet Hector Hughes, co-founder of Unplugged, a collection of off-grid cabins around the UK designed and optimized for guests seeking a digital detox. Hector started his career working in sales at a startup, but it wasn't really his thing. So he gave product management a try, and well, that wasn't much better. So he was really excited when he finally got the opportunity to join the growth team, but as it turns out, that wasn't really his shtick either. So Hector did the only thing he could do at this point. He went soul searching at a two week silent retreat in the Himalayas. Tune in to hear the story of how this retreat inspired him and his now co-founder Ben to build a hospitality business focused on helping young professionals from the city escape the matrix for a couple of days by locking up their phones, disconnecting from the internet, and booking a stay in an impeccably designed tiny cabin nestled in nature. All right, without further ado, get ready to meet Hector, co-founder of Unplugged. 
All right, Hector, we are we are live, man. How are you doing today? Yeah, all good. Really excited to be here and yeah, looking forward to it. Me too, man. Um, as we were just talking about uh, offline, for, for the listener's sake, I am actually in the like the basement of this beach house right now. We, we are rec- recording this on the 4th <laughs> of July, which is a obviously a big holiday here in the States. Um, but uh but anyways, I the you know the host was like, oh yeah, we've got a great room, like it'll be soundproof, blah blah blah, like the Wi-Fi is great. And I I got here and uh, it was anything but soundproof, and the Wi-Fi is is okay at best. So we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna make the most of this. I think it's still gonna be a, a wonderful conversation. But uh, if you hear some loud bangs in the background, uh, that's why, folks. Um, but uh, but Hector, I want to go ahead and just uh, to dive in here. And you are the co-founder of Unplugged, and I want to just I want to hear where the story of of Unplugged begins. Can you just take us back to the beginning? Yeah, for sure, for sure. So uh, I guess it comes with after university, didn't, didn't really know what to do. Uh, a friend of mine was like, "Why don't you go get a job at a startup?" So applied to a bunch of random startups. And got one job offer, which was from a, a company called Nobly POS. And it was iPad-based till systems. So if you go into a restaurant or a cafe and they're using an iPad for the till, we did the software behind that. And my first colleague uh, is Ben, who's now my co-founder. So he was employee number one on the commercial side. I was employee number two. And so we did, for the next three years, did the whole kind of startup journey there. So launched offices in, uh, in Austin in the US, Melbourne, Australia. So was was flying around the world to to set up all these offices, and I just started to get a bit burnt out with it. You know, it was like I was just, I think, very busy. It was kind of spending a lot of time on my phone. Uh, read a, a great book called Digital Minimalism by Cal Newport, and so it was just okay. it was just starting to to think about all of that, and and then at the recommendation of a friend, I ended up at a silent retreat in the Himalayas in September 2019, and that was you know this. Buddhist temple on top of a mountain. And the best thing about that is when you get there, they take your phone off you and you just spend 10 days completely cut off from the outside world. So wow. very cliche, but I came back from that and literally quit my job a week later. Uh, and that was off the back of a conversation with Ben. So went for a drink. He's not the kind of guy you'd find at a silent retreat anytime soon. And <laughs> we spoke about how there's a, there's a lot of stigma around like retreats and meditation and so much of the benefit is just getting people offline and, and into nature. Uh, and we'd heard about the, the you know, the, let's call it the, the cabin movement. Cabin's super interesting, and I'm preaching to the choir, but uh, one is it's a great business model. They're very efficient at returning capital. And two is, for lack of a better phrase, they have sex appeal, you know? So very much like yeah. Tesla do for electric cars, if you want to drive change, you've really got to make it sexy. So yeah, there were some really interesting cabin concepts uh, already out there, but we thought take it a step further and actually lock people's phones away. So yeah, the concept cab cabins an hour or two from city life, but when people arrive, they literally padlock their phones in a box. We give them a map of Nokia and lead them to it for three nights. So we, yeah, we fix it at three nights. It sits somewhere between a retreat and accommodation. Wow, I I love the concept because. Um, first, first and foremost, I love Cal Newport. I haven't read um, the book you referenced, but I have read his. I think maybe more more popular book, Deep Work. 
um, and yes. huge, huge fan of, of deep work. And that reading that sort of totally changed my perspective on on my own content consumption and just you know when I work and, and how I work. So so really cool to hear that Cal Newport's a part of a part of your story. And then the concept <laughs> itself, right, is is just so it, it's so needed, right? And it's 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 sort of like flirts between this this idea of scary, right? Like being, it, it is scary to be disconnected from, from like the internet. Right. And, and yet it's so silly. Cause it's like, it's a couple days you're in a safe place. It's beautiful. Like you're going to have a great time. And yet there's, it's it, it still like, it feels like you're, you're sacrificing a lot. Right. And so I love, I love sort of just, uh, you know, the, the sort of the mental exercise that you have to go through in order to get yourself excited about this this particular stay. You're you're really asking people to not just come to a beautiful getaway, but you're challenging them to to kind of give up their their you know, their left arm or their their right arm. Like that that's how our phones uh, can, can feel sometimes, right? Um, so I want to hear a little bit about you. So you guys have this idea. You think, what does it look like if we if we go all in on this? Did you guys have to raise a bunch of money? Did you had you been connected to folks in in the space already? Like, what what if anything did you know about hospitality? Uh, good question. We not too much to be honest. We it was a bit of a like, how hard can this be? And I think that I think naive optimism in the early days. Uh, you kind of need it, right? Like sometimes if you know yeah. how hard it's going to be, you, you never get started. So yeah, we really came at this without any expertise. And what's interesting is about a year later when we, uh, you know, had a few cabins, a whole bunch of people w- were raising for similar concepts in the UK and a lot of them didn't get off the ground, I think because they had expertise in one of the different areas. So if you look at the different yeah. areas that we're tackling, you've got the whole like land and planning, you've got the cabin construction etc you've got the operations you've got the building a sexy consumer brand and what we saw is when we had when there was a team who was super strong in one of those uh then maybe like didn't didn't really kind of uh go the distance on on the other areas so i think it it really actually helped to to be a complete beginner at this but yeah look we basically didn't have the money for it but had the idea and and i think what's what's nice about this is ever since the very start we've just had complete conviction this is the right thing to mm. do, you know? And yeah. that that's kind of, so it's never been a question of, should we be doing this? It's just a question of how, you know, how do we move to the next stage? Uh, so yeah, which is, which is definitely the, something like investors want to see, right? <laughs> yeah, for sure. For sure. It's, uh, and I think just, just for internally, you know, it takes a lot of the, the, the stress out of it. Right. Because if you're also second guessing yourself, then I think that adds a lot a lot of like doubts to, to proceeding. I think that can be super hard because so much of making any venture successful is managing your own psychology, right? Like that's almost the biggest risk yeah. is the, the founder psychology risk. So I think at least that's like one less thing. So it's, yeah, at the start, the good thing about cabins is they kind of act as a forcing function. So we're like, look, we'll just order a cabin. So we actually thought, you know, who can we, who knows about cabins and we'll trust the Scandinavians. So we did our first cabin with a, a Swedish company. So okay. we paid like a, I think, one thousand five hundred pound deposit to, to get that whole process started, and then you know they they started work. So then this is the start of twenty twenty. So just before the pandemic and the world changed, uh, we had a cabin coming. We didn't have anywhere to put it. We didn't have the money to pay for it. So, but the good thing is because it was coming, we kind of had to figure out all of the other stuff. So I think it cost us about fifty thousand all in, and we, we really had to scraped together so we raised like uh 
23,000 from friends and family. We've got a 15K, this is like a startup loan program here in the UK, which was super valuable. Um, then managed to get another 7K off a couple of angel investors and my co-founder made up whatever was left. So it was, it was really kind of scrape the bottom of the barrel wherever we could get money from. <laughs> uh, but got there in the end. But then obviously the pandemic hit, right? And that was... Um, initially like oh my god but you know luckily by that point it was too late i think if the pandemic had hit a month earlier before we'd ordered the cabin then i'm sure we would have never got this off the ground so very fortunate with wow. the timing um we had a site that site dropped out because they were like that you guys are trying to start a travel company in a pandemic but no way uh so then <laughs> we were uk was pretty tough on the the lockdown so we were sat in lockdown you know, with this cabin coming nowhere to put it and so just just kind of got out cold calling and literally the first person he called was like, Oh yeah, that sounds great. Like we've been thinking of doing this and, and they had the perfect site. So, uh, so yeah, all, all worked out in the end. And then we ended up launching in July, 2020, which is just as the UK government lifted the lockdown. So everyone had been you know, sat in flats in, in London for three or four months. And, and so the, the timing yeah. was really quite perfect. Wow. Wow. Dude. I mean, that's a, uh, that's, it's such an amazing, it's an amazing, uh, you know, when, when people talk about startups, right, and the most successful startups, people say, you know, there's lots of hard work, right, uh, and and also a, a lot of luck, right, and people sort of talk about this, like, this, this intersection <laughs> between hard work and, like, a lot of luck, right, and I feel like your guys' story is, like, the epitome of that, right, because, you know, early on, I'm sure you would have thought, like, right, even right, right as COVID hit, you're, you're you're probably thinking, what the hell, like, this is a crazy idea, what are we going to do? Let's just, let's, you know, bail as we can, which, which is what a lot of people in hospitality were feeling. I mean, there were incredible amounts of, of layoffs, right? And then right, right in that summer, that kind of first summer where things start to ease a little bit, right? All of a sudden people are like, to your point, where the, like, how do I freaking get out of my house? And you still couldn't, you couldn't go to like another city, right? Like, you know, even if you thought, yeah. even if you didn't personally care, a lot, a lot of these, you know, cities had incredible regulations. Um, you know, I, I'm sure this is, this was true in, in the UK, absolutely true in, in most, in many parts of the US anyways. Um, and, and people were just hungry hungry to get away, right? To, to just to literally like be able to, you know, breathe and not have to wear a mask, right? And so it's so interesting, uh, the, the timing of all of this. Did you guys, was there a moment, Hector, where you realized, oh my gosh, wait, no, this is, this is a brilliant time to start this company. Like, did, <laughs> did you have that kind of aha moment or did that come much later? Uh, well, I tell you what, it came about two months after we launched because we launched to cricket. So we launched and like, a, it's, it's what, it's a classic. We made the classic kind of build it and they will come mistake. So we, you know, yeah, uh, just under indexed on the launch. And so we did a, I think we did a half price friends and family offer for the first month. And we got two bookings, one of which was my sister's and another was a, a friend of a friend of Ben. So we really uh, had a slow first month and then, you know, and then you get your first booking from someone you don't know. And it's like, okay, interesting. And then about two months in, we, there was some, uh, some influencer who we actually initially messaged about investing. And he was like, look, all my revenues just disappeared from COVID. So I'm not investing anymore, but I'll come and stay. And he had like 300,000 uh, followers. So he just came and wow. created some, some free content, posted that out. And then, then everything just clicked. And, you know, a week later we had, uh, an article in the biggest like, newspaper in London, 
and it just snowballed from there. And then we were getting like went from getting like a book in a week to a book in a day. Still just one cabin, but you know, we were then fully booked on that and our next cabins for the for the next kind of year or so. So yeah, it was sometime around then that it was like, okay, actually yeah, people people really need this right now. All right, friends, it's me again with just a wee bit more info about our friends at Minoan. So in addition to providing hosts with a completely free system to help streamline furnishing and granting hosts access to hundreds of discounts on the world's leading brands, Minoan also enables hosts to make their homes shoppable in a way that's subtle and also sophisticated. So here's an example of how this works. Let's say a guest sends you a message remarking how well they slept during their stay. And they ask, you know, what kind of mattress was in the master bedroom because when they get home they want to buy a new mattress because again they had just such a beautiful night's sleep right well as it turns out it was a purple mattress that you had ordered via Minoan when you were furnishing your home. Well, if that guest does go and buy a purple mattress, Minoan thinks that you should get a cut of that sale, right? After all, it was a great night's sleep on your mattress that convinced this guest that they had to have the same one. So Minoan's technology enables hosts to earn commissions on everything from mattresses to coffee makers and soaps to sofas. You can save on high-end furnishings upfront, and then if you want, you have the ability to earn cash money whenever your guests buy the products that they fell in love with while they were staying at your vacation rental. So again, you don't have to do this, right? You can just use Minoan to buy these incredible, glorious furnishings for your home. You don't also have to make your home shoppable, but if you want to do that, Minoan provides a really easy, simple way to do this that does not you know, disturb guest experience. It's not like there's like price tags on everything, right? Like it's a very subtle, very sophisticated, kind of like one little QR code uh, that you can put anywhere in your in your home and folks can go in and, and explore the, um, the furnishings uh, around your space just by quickly scanning that that QR code you could throw it in your you know on your kitchen sink near your kitchen sink or you could put it you know near uh, near the guest bedroom whatever it might be right um so I want you to take a moment right after this conversation or you could pause the episode and do this right now and I want you to sign up for a free account at minoanexperience.com please 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 tell the folks there that Zach from behind the stays sent you their way just head on over to minoan that's M-I-N-O-A-N, experience.com. And again, be sure to tell them that Zach from Behind the Stays sent you their way. Thanks, guys. Really, really appreciate you taking some time to check out Minoan and let me know what you think about their offerings. Talk to me about how you expand from the the one cabin. Like, where? Uh, how, first of all, like how many cabins are we at now? And then in what, what was the journey from like one to, to where you're at now? For sure. So we'll surely be at 20. So that's mostly around London. We're also starting to spread out across the UK. So recently launched Manchester, launched Bristol, and yeah, just, just just kind of started to add to our geographical locations. In terms of how we spread, I mean, again, we, we didn't know anything about this space. So we, yeah. I, I say wasted, but actually it was really valuable time. But, you know, we, we burnt so much time in the early days. Uh, just, just learning, you know, just making so many mistakes. So our first cabin, they're off grid cabins, so solar powered. And our first cabin was running out of solar power in July, which is like the height of the summer here. So we were like, well, how is this going to get through the winter? So, so yeah, like we were properly hands on with that first cabin, like cleaning it ourselves, um, you know, fixing everything. And yeah, so, and there were still a few lockdowns due to COVID. So it really took us. I think nine months to get cabins two and three, 
And so, yeah, first six months was just fixing everything we broke. And, and then it was from the start of the next year, it was like, okay, we need to actually go out and fundraise now. Uh, so we went out to raise a, a pre-seed round, which was a very steep learning curve, but managed to managed to get that done in the end. And, and then, yeah, for the, the next kind of two years after that, we really just were raising equity and, and using that to buy cabins. We've since moved on to more of a debt financing model, which is, is definitely more efficient. In the early days, it was yeah. just, you know, where can we get money on to, to get more cabins, basically. Yeah, yeah. And so, Hector, walk us through the the actual business. So you guys, are you guys just the consumer kind of facing, you know, sexy brand? Do you Are you guys at this point manufacturing anything yourself? Are you, you talk about these cabins being sort of like, uh, you know, obviously they're they're off grid, but they're you know tech enabled to it to an extent. So, uh, is there is there any sort of uh, underlying tech that you guys have built, or are you guys really the brand and, and you're working with partners to, you know, first first and foremost, obviously, you know, create the cabins, uh, and, and then and then beyond that with you know smart locks and, and all that fun stuff. Like, are you guys are, have you guys created anything um, technologically? uh original or or are you really just this this powerful brand that has incredible great partners yeah we're, we're a consumer brand like i think uh you know it's a stretch I'm trying to say we're a tech company i think every company these days is a you know, is a data company for sure they're a media company um and to yeah. some extent that you know the, the, there's tech everywhere so we have a lot of um you know internal systems mostly no code uh, that, that runs the business, so obviously tech enabled, but I think it's a stretch to say we're a tech company. And I think I also don't want to over index for that, right? Like, I feel like sometimes, yeah, um, sometimes companies in our position, which really aren't tech companies, if we're being honest, will kind of brand as a tech company and then raise against that. And the problem with that is you don't yeah. have to go out and build the tech. And I just don't think it's the smartest thing for us. It's like we work, you know, like. Again, I'm sitting in a WeWork right now. They built a fantastic product, but they spent, yeah. you know, however many hundreds of millions on, you know, infrared sensors in the meeting rooms and all of these kind of things, just so they could justify the lofty valuations. And then what was found out at the end was actually the economics are just like any other office space. You know, obviously high occupancy, but um, but but they are just an office space. So I think we need to be really clear on what we are, which is you know, um, fundamentally. A cabin company behind the scenes uh, i think there are as you grow the brand there's interesting opportunities to add other revenue streams but but yeah we are a consumer brand to, to answer your question uh, we own and operate our own cabins that might change over time it might go in either direction towards more of an asset light model where other people own the assets and, and we're running them or uh, even more asset heavy model where we actually go out and buy and develop our own rural land so uh, lots of exciting directions to go there but i think the key is how do we build a, a super strong brand yeah i i love that you have done the work hector of of, of thinking through all of this because to your point too i think i think the like the the sexy narrative is like hey find a way to be positioned as a tech company or or today it's like hey find a way to be positioned as as an ai company right um and and, and you know the, there's obviously great benefit to that but but there's also there's also you know a lot there there are a lot lots of different roads to to success right and not every company needs to be a tech company and actually sometimes if you're too focused on trying to trying to characterize yourself at that for for a raise or whatever it might be for for evaluation you could actually hurt you know your your core business which is no 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 you're you're building an incredible 
uh, beautiful uh, consumer brand that people that people really really love, and it might not have that valuation of a, a, a you know of of a meta right uh, one day, but but maybe that's not the point. Maybe that's not the goal, right? Um, in fact, it it, it 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 shouldn't be the goal for most people. So um, I, I love that you guys have like done the work to to kind of think through that because I see so many things online where it's you know these these hospitality companies that are positioned as as you know prop tech or or tech companies, and and when you when you actually like understand what what the tech is you, you kind of like think twice and it, is that really is that really unique or, or does that valuation <laughs> really make sense so uh i appreciate sure. your 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 candidness there for sure yeah i think i think it's super important you know you got to be honest with yourself first and foremost because you, you can get you know wrapped up in the the story right and i think uh yeah. you just need to be clear on what you're what you're optimizing for um, Hector, a lot of the people that listen to this podcast are short-term rental hosts who are building really cool bespoke brands for their uh, their portfolio of of STRs. Um, we've got folks who've got you know uh, folks that tune into the show that have hundreds of thousands, close to millions of followers on on social media for their for their cabins or their A frames or or their you know mansions whatever it might be and i think the, the thing that unites behind this day's listeners is is these folks aren't just interested in building you know a portfolio or or a company per se but they're really interested in building uh, essentially consumer facing brands right they want people to fall in love with the brand that they've built and stay in multiple of the homes that are that are a part of their respective portfolio. So, what I, I just love your, your your you know your thoughts and and maybe even just a couple of lessons that you've learned about how to build a consumer facing brand in in twenty twenty three. Like any any do's or don'ts that uh, that you could sort of uh, share with us based off of what you've learned uh, building the unplugged brand. Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, all these things are obvious in hindsight. I'm not sure how intentional we were going in, but you know, things have, have kind of largely worked out the best. But uh, but you know, one thing that's really helped us is just standing for something. Like I think we, you know, started with a problem, which is a problem that you know, we wanted to solve. Which is, hey, I'm spending yeah. so much time on my phone. Actually, there's not really, you know, anywhere to kind of easily go and. and uh, get away from this for a few days um so i think there are these silent retreats but they're, they're far away you've got to fly it's a psychological barrier and so i think by starting with that it really simplifies the decision making and it just also helps make it very clear to all of the consumers that you're hoping to attract what exactly it is you're doing uh, and so i think really not compromising on that has been has been big i think where consumer brands can go wrong is they try and be a little bit of uh everything to, to everyone. So I think going yeah. niche is, is super valuable, not, not only externally, but also internally, right? Like it, it keeps everyone aligned and, and just excited about the, the mission as well. Um, so that's been a, a really big one for us. And then, but yeah, and I, th I think the other thing is just, you know, if you just focus on just making a really great product or experience, then like that, that wins yeah. in the end, I think. Um, you know, especially in this day and age when you know the power of social media like things do just get magnified so much more than they did that that actually yeah. reputation and you know how you make people feel is is everything so just start there and start there and like how do you i mean you know obviously uh anyone listening this really isn't any any short-term re rentals business is 
is an experience business at the end of the day, right? Like people are having an experience when they come and stay at your properties. Uh, so just start there, which is like, how are you making people feel? And, you know, how can you, how can you really keep improving that? And I think that yeah. then you know, everything else follows. Hey guys, it's Zach. If you're enjoying this episode, could you do me two very quick favors? First, this show is possible thanks to a handful of incredible organizations who've signed on to be advertising partners of Behind the Stays. It would mean the world to me if you'd take just a second to scroll down to the show notes and go learn more about this episode's sponsor. Even if you aren't in the market for agency support or a new PMS at the moment, it never hurts to be aware of who else is out there. And second, if you're listening to this episode on Spotify, could you be so kind as to give Behind the Stays a five-star rating? And if you're on Apple Podcasts, could you submit a quick review and let me know what you love most about the show? I know it seems trivial, but these things really, really do help us grow the show. And just a reminder that if you've ever got feedback from me on how to make the show better, shoot me an email directly at Zach, that's Z-A-C-H, at spontaneous.com. You all really are the best. I love receiving your emails and DMs. All right, so check out the sponsor and leave us a rating and a review, please. All right, guys, back to the show. So one of the questions I have for you, Hector, is around the the cabin matcher uh, like quiz. I think that you guys that you guys recently rolled out because I think it's such a cool little uh, little marketing tool. And and you know, speaking of brand building and and whatnot, right? There is there's some just kind of like magic that has to happen for for any consumer brand to to take off. And I think as you've identified already, you you, you have to build an incredible product first and foremost. You have to really understand your consumer and, and who you're building it for marketing is incredibly important um but at, at the end of the day right you, you still you still need to have like fun with your audience you need to have fun with the consumer you need creative ways to gather more information about them so where did where did like the idea for for cabin matcher come from that is a great question i don't i don't know who who i can give the credit to for that someone I'm, i it was probably one of those where we were just batting around yeah ideas and yeah. it's, it's, you know, it's kind of obvious in hindsight. It's like, so I think the challenge, the problem we started with there was like, okay, as we're adding more and more cabins, it's becoming a bit overwhelming. Like how do you, you know, they can search by dates, but we've got a slightly uh, weird UX anyway. So, so it's always been a bit of a challenge just due to the, the, the website builder that we use and the PMS. Uh, and so it was like, you know, can we just, yeah, I guess it was like, can we just match people with the cabins? And it was like, oh, we can just create like a, a simple type form for that. And it's, it's worked super well. And, and it's taken a few iterations. Like the first iteration didn't work very well. Um, but you just keep tweaking it over time. And yeah, it's, it's really made a huge difference. Yeah, I, I I loved it, and um, I started going through it. I haven't I haven't completed it, um, but I encourage anyone who's listening to this podcast to just go check it out because, especially if you do have a larger portfolio of like different kinds of of, of stays, it's just a great way to again capture a little bit more info about your prospective guests. But also, it's just it's just a fun exercise for people who are who might be a little bit indecisive about like where they want to stay and and the type of home that that they're looking for um which which kind of leads me to my next uh, question for you, Hector, which is around these like last minute stays. So I am the co-founder of Spontaneous, and we bring sort of the best last minute deals uh, and upcoming steals on Airbnb to to our subscribers. And I won't bore you with the whole founding story. There are people that are tuning into this podcast have heard me talk about it enough. We can, <laughs> we can talk about it offline. 
But right, the, the, the premise of, of spontaneous was that there, there are a lot of people that are living in cities mostly that, you know, have some disposable income and they work really, really, really hard in the city during the week. And a lot of them are, you know, ha- have the flexibility to, to book something last minute. Um, I think that this is just a trait that millennials and, and now Gen Z kind of like share is this, you know, this, this maybe fear of, of making a commitment too far, you know, in advance. And, uh, you guys, you guys like, uh, shout, uh, kind of like all over your website, or at least there's a, like a banner right now about like last minute stays. And I, I just wanted like to hear, do you guys see a lot of last minute stays? Like, do you have any data on like how many, uh, you know, people are booking a, a last minute stay and, and like, how do you guys define last minute stays? Uh, great question. I think the, so I, I don't have the numbers to hand, but we, we do get a lot of last minute stays. We get a lot of, you know, within a week, which is I think, yeah. quite unusual. It, it's, I think it's the nature of what we're doing as well, because what we don't get so much is we don't get like super booked up for like six, nine months in advance, because it's one of those things where when you need a digital detox, you need it pretty soon. You don't need it in, in nine months. Yeah. Uh, so I think, you know, pros and cons of that of course so and yeah we've just again like the cabin matcher it's like how do we keep optimizing just to help fill that 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 uh, availability because obviously if the last minute stay doesn't get booked then and that's uh, that's lost uh, opportunity so we've played around with a few different things i think one of the things we've got at the moment is like a secret call it secret uh email that goes out on a sunday so people have to subscribe to that they should have to pay three pound fifty a month to, to be part wow. of that and then they get a special offer for, for any stays in the next week so that's been mixed mixed we, you know we've had a, a few people but but nothing crazy sign up for that and we get a few bookings but nothing crazy so we're, we're still tweaking that one but uh yeah playing around with it over time but yeah i, I think there's a huge you know I, it makes a ton of sense just generally um because again it's it's like like cabins i read a, a really great book about the the airline industry in the uh, in the twentieth century was deregulation in the the U.S. and airlines are similar to cabins in some ways because you know you have your availability so, so for them it's seats for us it's beds uh, or yeah. cabins and that is effectively a perishable item so if your airplane flies and seats are empty then you're never going to get those seats back same if the cabins are empty you're never going to get that back so with both of them you have this supply. Uh, asset heavy and then you're effectively a marketing company that's that's trying to fill that supply and it's just about how do you get more and more inventive in in filling that and, and, and doing that job and i think that is where what you saw from these airline companies is there was just this arms race in terms yeah. of like marketing innovations against each other and i think airlines generally are much more competitive than cabins because it's a bit of a zero-sum game where if you're flying from you know new york to washington then you know you need to get there and you're probably going to go with the cheapest or, or you might go with, with your favorite but it's very binary you know you're either yeah. going with this airline or this airline whereas i think what's nice about this space is if you go and stay with us for example and you have a great experience then you're actually more likely to go and stay with other cabin concepts in the uk and likewise if you stay with other cabins you're more likely to come stay with us and so obviously you know we really uh optimize for repeat business we want people to be coming and doing this every every you know, few months effectively uh but i also think there is this nice kind of positive sum part of that as well but that being said there's a lot that can be learned from the the airline industry too and obviously filling those uh those last minute seats is, is super important 
Yeah, yeah. It's one of those things that I feel like, at, at least here in the States, there's a lot of uh, discussion about, maybe even uh, arguments uh, about, about how to, how to effectively sort of uh, meet this this demand right and or you know uh, lack thereof um and one of the, one of the questions i have for you is do you have you guys talked much about in the uk about like memberships and or and or loyalty programs in this space it's one of the my favorite questions to ask folks on on the show because you you obviously don't see this in like the short term rental uh you know hospitality sector you, you you really don't see great examples of loyalty programs and or any kind of of meaningful membership there are folks like you know, wander in the space that I think are, are testing some of this stuff out, but uh, I don't. I don't think anyone's really figured it out. Is it? Is that something that you you guys talk much about, and or have have you experimented with uh, any sort of membership and or affiliate, not not affiliate program, but like loyalty programs in the space? For sure. So we, we do actually have a membership program. It's not publicized oh, cool. because it's only available for people after their stay. Uh, we're not massively pushing it right now. It hasn't been a you know, swing for the fences success, but you know, yeah. I think we probably have 40 people on it, but basically the hypothesis was after your stay is when you're most likely to book again, or like when you're most excited to book again, but actually yeah. you don't want to spend another 400 quid or whatever it is. So yeah. we get, we then give people the option of signing up for a, a membership where you're basically paying for your one, two or three stays a year monthly. So it just allows people to start getting, um, you know, getting on that monthly subscription and then they can, yeah. they get, they get a gift voucher to, to book their next day. So I think there's something really interesting there. I think, I actually think longer term, we'll, you know, the, the company that has done it really, really well, that's slightly different, but, but similar space is, is Soho House. And actually yeah. that's the opportunity yeah. longer term. So huh. yeah, I'm always thinking, always like trying to figure out what is the like Amazon Prime of, of, uh, of Unplugged. So <laughs> Because again, they kind of smashed it, and it's like the key to their whole ecosystem. So I think there's there's something interesting in that, but it's hard. And I think a lot of membership and loyalty programs end up being a bit wishy washy. And when we've looked at it in the past, it's kind of you're you're trying to like engineer value, and it, it maybe does not quite capture that. So I think yeah. it is super hard to do in this space. But I also think if you look at you know the big hotel chains, which are you know fundamentally. Uh, a great role model for the space you know the hilton's the marriott's uh, in the yeah. early days they owned their own assets they, they kind of really were about building and running hotels and then over time they've just gone super asset light and now they just yeah. focus on customer acquisition and loyalty so they you know really invest in, in their loyalty program and so i think innovating there is a huge opportunity because you know what really transforms this business if people come and do it once as a novelty, that's one thing. But if people are doing this every six to 12 months as part of their mental health regime, uh, then that's that's where, where it's really interesting. Yeah, and, and I feel like what, you know, people like you, you have the, the opportunity to sort of be like the pioneer for all of us in terms of, mm. you, you guys have a very, very, <laughs> like a very, very niche offering, right? Which is like, hey, yeah. what you're signing up for is is different. You're not coming here to, you know, just have a, a beach vacation. You're not coming here to be able to post on Instagram about all the cool things that you're, you know, doing and seeing in real time. You're, you're really coming here to, to, as you just said, like, you know, uh, take care of your mental health, right? Like focus on wellness, right? And so if you position it like that, uh, and I'm sure this is not accidental, but if you if you sort of convince your guests, your your consumers, your your customers, 
to adopt you as they would adopt, you know, meditation and or, you know, their skincare routine or whatever the heck it, it is that they care about. That that's how you become, you know, a, a sticky product, so to speak, right? Like that's how you become a sticky experience is no, 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 this isn't just a getaway. This isn't just a vacation. This is this is a part of my my wellness care for for the year, right? So I'm gonna schedule my my three or four retreats because if I don't, right, not not gonna do like my my headspace isn't gonna be where I want my headspace to be or or whatever people are trying to solve for. Hundred percent. Yeah, I think that is it. And I think people want to do that, but life gets in the way. And so our job is just how do we make it as easy as possible for people to do that, you know? Last minute cancellations suck. And that's why we built Ping. Ping makes it easy for guests to be notified when their favorite Airbnbs become available. Ping is a simple widget that lives on your website or your direct booking site and allows your fans and followers to sign up and be notified if their preferred dates become available. Here's how it works. Jimmy sees that you're booked the whole month of October, but he wants to be notified if any three night window in the month becomes available. Jen is a returning guest and she wants to be notified if any week in June, July, or August becomes available. In a matter of seconds, Jimmy and Jen fill out the simple form and they will be pinged if the requested dates become available. And as a host, you will immediately get pinged via email with Jimmy and Jen's contact information and requested dates, which enables you to build up your own database of guest email addresses. Ping is what the best Airbnb hosts use to maximize bookings. You can get access to our beta pricing with plans that start at just $39 a year at bnbping.com. Again, that's bnbping.com. Have you experimented with any, do you, I guess, have you learned anything about like how often you need to be hitting people with emails or, or marketing to them or reminding them to, you know, to, to book a stay? Is it is it something that like, have you guys figured out any sort of mathematical, okay, we need an average of like 11 emails before somebody books or something like that, or, or um, not not quite there yet? Not quite there yet. Yeah, we, we uh, don't, our, our data's a bit unclean at the moment because it's there's there's many touch points happening. We have a lot of organic, a lot of our, um, yeah, a lot of our business comes through you know, word of mouth, organic social influencers, et cetera. And they're all yeah. notoriously hard channels to track because a lot of yeah. this goes on um, away from us. Uh, so we don't have great data on that. We are, it's a, it's a big focus going forward for sure. And yeah, one of the questions we were talking about just today actually is we kind of hypothesized that actually three months after people stay, uh, that's the time to hit them with, hey, time to book another stay. But actually maybe it's, maybe it's more like six months, you know? Mm. So we, we're just mm. starting to get into experimenting with all of these things. Um, and, but yeah, it's, that's it. Like it's, it's figuring out these pieces, I think that allows you to you know, get great at getting customers over time. And then if you can create a great experience, then you're creating a huge amount of value for those customers as well. Um, yeah. I think that's what it is. Cause I, I think, you know, if you really believe in your products and what you're doing, um, then, then yeah, I think everything's just, how, how do we get more people experiencing this? And, you know, and then we can grow as a business and that's great. And we can reach more people. And I think, you know, having that as the the driver is, is really helpful. Yeah, and, and I love the the idea too of like, you know, in in the business world, 
and we, we, we talk a lot about, we think a lot about, uh, uh, you know, goals and metrics in terms of quarters, right? And so I, this idea of, of, you know, four times a year, how do people like book a stay to, to get, you know, disconnect from the matrix and just <laughs> remember who they are and what they're doing and why they're doing, why what they're doing matters. Or maybe it's, it's, it's sort of the, the realization that what I'm doing doesn't really matter and it's time for me to do something else, right? And so if you guys can crack the nut, Right. And others in the space like, you know, getaway, obviously, in the States is is um, is blowing up and, and they have been for a while. But like if, if folks like you guys can figure out how to crack this nut, it'll be really, really interesting. And I think a signal to the larger hospitality space, especially those who are building really unique stays uh, uh, in, in, all around the world is, hey, OK, how how do you become a part of somebody's mental fitness you know, routine, not even, you know, how, how do you, how do you characterize and everyone in, you know, people on Twitter, people on LinkedIn, all of my favorite like podcast hosts, everyone's talking about like the need to rest and recharge. And like, to your point earlier, right. The idea of like retreats and, and doing, you know, going on a silent retreat or whatever, it, it, it seems maybe weird if uh, five, 10 years ago, now it's like trendy, right? Like the idea mm. of disconnecting and like, like people really, people like value that right? It, it's seen as cool, right? It's something that you want to talk about, not something that you, you know, should be like, or you maybe, maybe a few years ago, you would have been embarrassed to admit to your friend that I had, you know, gone and, and done this like woo woo thing or whatever it is. Right. Um, and, and now, and now it's, it's very much seen as, a as, as something that, Oh, I, I wish I could do that. Right. Or I want to do something like that. So if you guys can figure out what that frequency is and who that kind of core customer is who can, you know, has the time and the space and the resources to make something like that possible, that would be amazing because the hardest thing in this space is to get people to come back, right? Like the hardest yeah. thing is to get repeat customers, as, as you know, way better than I do. And <laughs> I think that the model that you guys are building has a really good chance at, at being able to do that because if you can get that to work right then and, and you have some sort of just basic understanding of okay if we can get people to come three times a year right and stay in one of our cabins and you figure out who that core persona is i mean you there's a lot of land everywhere in the world right that has beautiful views and uh, you, you, the the opportunity for scale i guess is what i'm getting at is quite infinite if you can crack yeah. that nut for sure for sure and i think that's where the consumer brand really helps with it right because the more visible a consumer brand you are the more uh you know you're in the conversations and if someone stays and they have a great time then you know the thing is that life gets in the way and it's hard to book their next day but then if three to four months later they're speaking to a friend and their friends are oh my god i heard about this company and you know they speak to someone else and they see us somewhere else so like the more visible you are as a brand uh really helps drive that repeat rate as well so i think um that's the key to it but then it is also, as you say, it's like, how do we, I, I think there's like something in adding a bit of, like, how do you stay super focused on what you're doing while still adding a bit of variety and, and intrigue into the product uh, so that people you know, have reasons to, to, to kind of keep coming back. So, so, yeah, it's a very hot topic, but I'm, I'm sure we'll figure it out. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, a couple of final questions for you, man. One is just around, like, what what are the things that you're focused on right now over the next like 12 to 24 months for for unplugged like what's what's at the top of the to-do list for sure so i mean top of the to-do list is just to, to, to kind of scale up what we're doing uh got 20 cabins now you know we'd love to get to close to 100 in the next 
18 to, to 24 months and you know, spread out across the UK. I think the UK is such a, a big and, and great market. So we don't want to, um, you know, obviously at some stage we'd love to step internationally, but I think there's no need to look there right now. Uh, and then there was a question, you know, do we actually go into the, the, the property acquisition game and you know, develop, buy and develop our own sites as well? So lots of uh, lots of interesting questions on the agenda. But fundamentally, it's just you know, how do we keep talking to customers and, and, you know, really let that drive it as well? Because I can spend all day trying to figure out what people want, but, but they know much more than me. So it's, it's also, yeah, just figuring out how we can do an even better job of, of what we're doing. And uh, and just get up so we can reach more and more people. Yeah, yeah. I on that note, do you guys talk about? Um, have you have you created any? Is there any sort of communal space uh, on the site currently where like folks can gather and like hang out? Because I, I know that that is something that people wrestle with, especially like the getaways of the world. We'll, we'll think about like, they they talk and think a lot about like do we want to do we want to create spaces for people that are on these sort of like you know, silent-ish retreats um, to, to, to gather, or is that kind of counter to what we're doing? Have you guys wrestled with that question at all? Yeah, super interesting. I know, I know Getaway recently launched like retreats, team retreats type thing. I, I think it's a different product, um, yeah. to be honest. So I think there is a, a world where we do that, but it, I, I would do it at a dedicated site that, that's dedicated for that, right? Because I think part of the magic is just that kind of not feeling any obligation to kind of uh yeah pitch in with with whoever else is there etc so most of our cabins we have a lot of cabins on their own or, or out of sight of each other so it, we, we definitely have tried to maintain that secluded feel you know, people still go to local pubs and they, they see people yeah. so it's not about complete solitude for, for the few days although that's obviously a possibility too um but i feel like they are two different products and yeah. at some stage, it might make sense to, you know, to develop a site specifically for that. But but right now, I think it's, it's about doing one thing well, and, and that probably is a bit too far off center. Yeah, yeah. I, I love the focus, man. I love, love the focus. <laughs> it's so hard, dude. It's so it's hard. hard. It's um, hard, man. A lot of shiny things. <laughs> Uh, all the shiny things. Uh, well, my, my last question for you, man, is just around what what hot takes or or strongly held opinions do you do you have about the future of of travel and hospitality? Yeah, for sure. So I think uh, the, the the kind of really interesting ways it seems to be developing. One is where we're going, which is this kind of offline is the new luxury. And I think, as you say, like everyone is talking about how how do I spend more time offline. And I've spoken to so many hospitality operators who are like, we tried digital detoxing, it doesn't work. So you kind of need to build, if, if you're going to go down that route, which we are, then you have to build the whole experience around that. But I really think that you know, offline is the new luxury, that especially in this, you know, the way everything's going on the uh, yeah. digital side of things, like the, the amazing innovation happening there. Like it's just more and more of our lives go online. And, and yeah, these like actually spending time offline, both on your own or, or together, is is really becoming rare and a, a true gift. So I think that will, you know, I think we're super early in what will be a huge, um, a huge topic in hospitality in the the next few years. Uh, and then the other one is obviously the complete opposite, which is actually the, the kind of tech enabled innovation going. I haven't actually stayed in wonder, but I know, you know, that seems to be much more kind of smart home, you know, your phone is your your guide type uh, type thing, which I think there's a huge market for as well, right? And this like yeah, uh, yeah. remote working and and yeah, so so I think, you know, it, it's really starting to go much more uh, experiential and I think 
yeah, just just thinking about what is that experience and how do you make people feel, which is obviously what uh, hospitality operators have been doing for tens or hundreds of years. But I think you know it's easy to lose sight of that, right? With all the the change going on. So yeah, th- those are two of the trends I'm looking at. Which is the one is uh, kind of digital driven innovation, and the other is quite the opposite, which is the uh, the luxury of time offline. Yeah, yeah, those are those are both really really great uh, things to be watching out for, and and I love the luxury. The luxury is the new, or on, offline is the new luxury. That's such a great positioning statement. Um, and and to your point, it's so true. It's like all, all the people, you know, in, in that all my friends like in tech are are always trying to talk about like you know I I now keep my airplane my phone on airplane mode <laughs> until like twelve o'clock, and then like it's like it's something to boast about. You know, yeah, yeah, at, at seven sure. p.m. I have my, t- you know, I just put my phone away for the night because I need time to come down. But, you know, it's, it's just so freaking funny how like yeah. we, we pride ourselves on like breaks from like our phones now. Right. And like, I, I'm, I'm taking, I'm taking the month off of Instagram. Right. It's, crazy, <laughs> it's, it? it's ridiculous. But like, but to your point, it's because so much of our life is, is online, um, which, you know, presents an incredible opportunity for folks like you. For sure. Yeah. Well, look, exciting times ahead. So, uh, yeah, looking forward to it. Well, man, I am so thankful for your time and um, your your just all, all the work that you guys are doing. For folks that uh, are interested in learning more about Unplugged, I'll have uh, your website linked below. It's, I think I believe your website is unplugged.rest. Is that is That's that correct? That's right. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Okay. Unplugged.rest. Folks, I'll have that link below. If you are listening uh, from the UK and you have not already booked a, a stay <laughs> at Unplugged, you, you can and should do so. And then if you are traveling to the UK and you want to spend a few days in London, but then maybe you want to, you know, experience, a, you know, a, a little bit of like an off-grid escape while in the UK, be sure to check out Unplugged as well. I'll have your Instagram linked uh, below. You guys have a, you guys have done really great work with your visual branding, by the way, Hector. So I, I find your stuff very, very like uh, uh, pleasant and, and peaceful to just look at. So even if you can't book an unplugged stay in the near future, at least give them a follow on Instagram um, and and uh, and enjoy enjoy like seeing what detox from digital could look like while you're on Instagram. Um, and enjoy that that little meta experience there. Uh, <laughs> but uh, but hey, man, thanks so much for your time. It's been a pleasure. No, it's such a joy, man, and, and thanks for everything you do and, and all the, the energy and good vibes you bring to the space. So really, uh, I Hey, friends, hope you've enjoyed today's show. If you are an Airbnb host or know an Airbnb host who'd like to come on the show, please send me an email at Zach, Z-A-C-H, at spontaneous.com, and we will chat. Behind the Stays is brought to you each week by Spontaneous, a carefully curated weekly newsletter that brings you the best last-minute deals and upcoming steals on Airbnb. It's sort of like Scott's cheap flights, but for Airbnb. You can sign up once again for free at Spontaneous.com. Last but certainly not least, I didn't believe in Marie Kondo's whole spark joy mantra until I started podcasting. Now, my joy is sparked every time I see a new subscriber roll in. So please hit that subscribe button so you never miss an episode. And so you add a little spark to my joy fire today. Okay, that was kind of weird, but um, we're going to roll with it. Subscribe um, and thanks in advance. All right, everyone. See you next time.